H.M. A.K.A. <laughs> yeah, you see how I shorten the joint up for you. Yeah, A.K.A. The Gorilla Marketer. A.K.A. Flano Richie. Check in there. Come on, man. You already know be in the building, man. You already know. We All got right. Betty in the building, too. Betty Shabazz. And then... Rell's <laughs> friend. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so my name's Del. Uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> Daryl didn't tell me too much about this. He just kind of was like, do you want to join? And he sent me the link and I actually thought he would be present. So nice to meet you guys. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll be yeah, coming. He's at work right now. So uh, this is being recorded for like the radio? Uh, It'll be on Spotify, Apple, and then we also okay. on YouTube. That's awesome. So more. Uh, so, uh, where are you from? I'm originally from the Ivory Coast, but I've been here oh. my whole life. So, DC, grew up in DC, and now I live up here in the mountains in Hagerstown. Yeah. I just moved here like six months ago. It's like very new to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Take a while to get used to it. Shout out West Africa. Shout out Ivory Coast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, I, I speak French fluently, and yeah, but. Hagerstown is like culture shock for someone who's not used to it. Facts. It can be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm originally from DC. I think uh, uh, Hearst from DC too. Um, yeah, Northwest. Yeah. We, I'm about to say, we've been up here probably what, going on six years. How long you been up here, bro? How long yeah. I've been here? I've been here for a whole jail sentence. I came up this young. What? <laughs> So, uh, summer, no, uh, no, nah, summer, summer 05. Okay, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. been up here for a break, man, 05. Yeah, I told, I graduated from, uh, unfortunately, I graduated from South Hagerstown High School. <laughs> you always say that. Why is it unfortunate? Huh? Cause I wanted to finish off my my uh my education at uh Eleanor Robes. Oh, all right. Yeah. Hey. Hmm? Yeah. 
Oh, I went there for 10th grade. Oh, see? I knew it was the reason why we got along. Come <laughs> on, oh, boy. All right, man. The, uh, the uh, introductions is out the way, man. You know, we had to get to the topics, man. You know what it is. All right. So, um, everybody on here, because we was talking about as far as interracial relationships and then, and then, um, how what's the effects on as far as in, in black culture and trying to keep as far as like black excellence and stuff like that uh, pure trying to keep the uh, black culture pure and not takes on it um honestly um my take honestly is it's not as extreme as betty's right but i understand no, nah, I understand, because like I said, I'm part Filipino, so, but as far as uh, keeping um, keeping Black excellence, I'm 100% with her and father takes. It might not go to that extreme as hers, though, right? And so, to be honest with you, we just try to debate it, man. That's what it is, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good conversation, you know what I'm saying? This is, this is going on, what, three weeks now? Yeah, hey man. You guys have been talking about this for three weeks. Yeah. Three. This is the third week. Yeah. Three podcasts, man. The last podcast, man. They was talking so long. I got so drunk. I don't even remember the podcast. <laughs> Listen to them talking. It was a marathon. I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, man. But anyway, well, if you guys been talking for three weeks. I'm gonna get a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm about to say. <laughs> it's like the never-ending conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you kind of. Uh, it's basically trying to get a, a better understanding of like, uh, they're trying to get a better understanding of interracial relationships. Like, right. Yeah, I've never, I've never been with anybody outside of black, right? so I don't even know the difference in the cultural differences and stuff like that. All the women I've been with have been black women, and, and your wife as well. Yeah. Your your wife as well. What's your name? Sorry, I don't. I'm not seeing the whole screen. That's, that's Betty. Betty, Betty, you are beautiful. Um, have you ever dated outside of your race? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. My actual name is Kashara. They just keep calling me Betty Shabazz. But oh, okay. No, I've never dated out of my race either. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of uh. So hold up. Do you you uh? Your significant other is uh, of what race? So I'm married to a white guy. Okay. Um, but I was going to say that uh, just because you're married to a specific race doesn't mean that that's all you date for a lot of people I know, like across, like the people that, you know, that I grew up with that date outside of their race. Right. Their actual first choice would be to be with a Black person. So like, a lot of times I think when I see interracial relationships, it's never a black and white thing. Um, and I that's probably why Daryl asked me to join this talk is because my perspective of race is completely different because I'm not black American. And I think the black American perception of race is completely different than the African perception of race because we don't relate to race the same mm -hmm. because we don't look at our suffering the same. It's like the diaspora is like, 
it's divided when it comes to Black Americans and Blacks especially, um, uh, or should I say Black Africans. And so I don't view it the same. And I only say that um, to say that uh, when I first moved here from Africa, I was going to a French school in Bethesda um, because the French, the country that I'm from in Africa speaks French. Mm. And I remember I switched to American school in the sixth grade. And I remember the kids making fun of me for talking the way that I talk. And um, I didn't have an accent, but I just remember they would always make fun of me. And it was like, why do you sound like that? And it was a very black American thing for me to hear because black Africans, you know, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't make fun of you for something like that. So I wanted to start that off by saying that my view of race is completely different than the black American view of race or the way that black Americans look at it. Mm-hmm. But, um, and my situation is also like, it's it's a little different because I met my husband when I was very young, before I went to college, before I studied race theory, before I read some of the books that I've read on race, like um, Fanon and uh, just race theory in general. So um, I think that after I started studying race, because I was already dating him, you know, after I started studying race and really understanding Black American history and culture to the point of like writing papers about it and debating it is when I really started thinking about my relationship with my husband in a different way. And it's really sad to say, but the way that I grew up, my parents never made a fuss about race. It was never, you know, it was never really talked about in the house because Africans don't really talk about that. Um, Even though slaves came yeah, even though slaves came from, you know, from our land, like especially West Africa, like a lot of slaves, you know, came from West Africa. It's really shocking to me that, you know, uh, Black Africans don't make more of a stink about race um, the way that they do in this country. So I just never really thought about it in depth until I started studying it. And I think that's when my view on the relationship that I was in was like, oh my gosh, this is something that I have to analyze because it's such a big deal to everyone else. And there was a lot of uh, like self-shedding that happened when I was learning these things. Um, And I started learning race theory when I was what, like 23. And I'd been with my husband since I was 18, I'm now 35. So we've been together well over a decade. And when I started learning, when I started learning all this stuff, I mean, we had to have some serious conversations, you know, when I got home. And I'd also like to add to that, that my first choice would be to have married a black man, but I fell in love with, you know, my childhood sweetheart. And that's how I ended up in this relationship. And so I had to learn, you know, along the way, like, you know, what does this mean for me? Um, Is this sustainable? Can I still be a self-respecting black woman and be married to a white man and um the answer that I found to that is I think it depends on the kind of white person that you're with (laughs) you know like if you're with a white person that has no point of relation to race and just doesn't understand that stuff and it just kind of you know they never want to talk about race they just kind of act like it's non-existent like you're not my kind of white person and I think that's like the realization that I've come to is that so there's different levels. <laughs> what was that? 
As far as cultural clashes, have y'all had any? Like, is he American white man or is he like from? Uh, yeah, as far as cultural uh, clashes, yeah, like when stuff happens in the news and I hear his opinion sometimes, like, you know, and I have to set him straight, like, you don't understand what this feels like for a black person to experience, like, uh, not during Black Lives Matter this summer, but like, um, when the riots, the Baltimore riots happened, I think that was what, like three years ago? And that was Freddie Gray? Yeah. Yes. And um, they like vandalized uh, the city. I remember talking to him and I felt like there was a, like a disconnect there. Like there was something that he wasn't understanding. Um, and just throughout our relationship period, uh, times that I've had to, you know, look at him and say, I feel funny around this family member that you have. Um, it's a feeling that you'll never understand because you've never walked into a room and been looked at like you were black or your skin spoke for you before you even open your mouth. That's something that you'll never understand. And those conversations, you know, they've been happening for years and it's, it's sad that uh, they have to even happen, but I think it's necessary if you want to be in an evolved like relationship, like, and that's something that I knew that I required after I studied um, enough about race theory to know like this is not going to work unless you understand that I basically have to struggle with double consciousness as a black person yeah. and work through these things within myself. And if I tell you that I feel funny around a certain family member, I need you not to dismiss that because that's an issue, you know? And, um, and those conversations have definitely been hard. Is that ever exhausting? Like that these conversations have to continue to happen? No, because like I said, I didn't marry a white person that um, didn't also study race theory and that, you know, like, Back in the day, there were abolitionists that were, you know, white. And I would consider that person to be a self-evolved person about race because it's like they analyzed it enough within themselves where they were like, I'm not just going to be an ally. I'm going to be an ally in action and I'm going to fight this. And I've literally throughout this decade, <laughs> or a decade plus that I've been with uh, with Brian, I've watched them literally cut off um, uh, family members uh, for me and stuff like that, so. So when you said that you feel like um, Africans don't make a huge deal about race as much as black people do in this country, do you think they, Africans tend to be like more forgiving of what happened or just like, you know, it's the past is the past. Yes, I think that also they don't study it. Uh, like the country that I'm from, the Ivory Coast, we were colonized by France. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of countries in West Africa were either colonized by France or uh, England, which is why they speak like English and Nigeria and all those countries. Yeah. And when they, when what they're teaching these kids in history classes in Africa is basically European history. It's not what happened in America. Like they're not going through, um, you know, what happened here in the 1800s. They're not, we're not taught that. It's not talked about like it is here. Mm -hmm. And another uh, thing that that makes me think about is I'm saying that out loud is if 
we're purposely teaching that part of history the way that we do to kind of keep Black people, uh, especially Black Americans, in a certain uh, headspace. Um, because I remember like learning, uh, like I think I was taking like an English class or something um, when I was a freshman in college and we were reading uh, like Uncle Tom's Cabin. It was a, a literature class. We kept reading Uncle Tom's Cabin and I, I don't remember what the next book we read was. It was another classic and it touched on race too. And I started noticing a theme where it was like every book was from that time period and it was so drenched in race and the conversation of course so you know it circled around that and I was like there are so many classics like why is this what we're reading in literature and I just feel like it kind of keeps you in that thinking even though I think that those conversations are necessary I think that we're more focused on that here and for right reason um, because when you look at the dates, it's not that long ago that this happened. Like, you know, our grandparents experienced this. And so for right reason, those conversations are happening. But I would always think like, you know, like my African family, like they don't talk about race the way that Black Americans do. Or whenever I've gotten into an argument with a Black woman, the only thing that she could ever say to me that she thought was like, oh, I'm going to get her with, with this is, well, you're married to a white man, you know, it's like the only insult that they have for me. Well, you don't love yourself because you're married to a white man. It's like, you hear that all the time, arguing with an African person, they would never even use that to insult you because it's just different. I don't even know how else to explain that. It's just race, you understand it in a different way. And I think that's why when I meet, when I first got with Brian, it just, it wasn't even an issue mm -hmm. until later on when I was like, hearing the outside noise like what people assume of you if you're a black woman and you're married to you know they just assume I've even had uh like I was online one day and some random hotep sent me a message that said when did you stop loving yourself and I didn't know uh I've never told anybody this I never I, I didn't know like like I didn't know him never spoke to him on Facebook, just somebody that, you know, that we followed each other on Facebook. And I was so curious because it was such a deep question. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, do I know you? When did you stop loving yourself? And I was like, what are you referring to? And he wrote this long paragraph because I had posted a picture of my husband and I, and I guess the whole time he'd been following me, he didn't know. And, um, and to ask someone, when did you stop loving yourself? It's like, that's why I thought it was important to explain that I married my childhood sweetheart. And so for me, it wasn't a, oh, when did you stop loving yourself? It, you know, it wasn't until then. And then to be in a relationship like that, um, he's downstairs right now so he could hear me. And to say that if I knew what I know now when I was younger, and this is probably going to be like a very... I don't know, like a heavy thing to say, uh, because I am in a very, uh, like I'm happily married. But if I knew what I know, like then what I know now, I probably would have married a black person just because it's easier. Being in an interracial relationship, you're constantly thinking about race. Uh, if you're around their family, you're, 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 you're living in it. So you're, you're thinking about it more than these people that are judging you that are, you know, 
throwing whatever judgment that they are throwing at you because you're constantly thinking about it. When I'm around his family, that whole double consciousness thing, it definitely comes to mind because I'm like, if I, you know, if I snap at you for saying something smart to me, you're going to say I'm acting black, but really you're just being a rude ass and, um, and it has nothing to do with that, but you know, like you think about it more, you, you experience it more. So it's like all the nuances of like stuff that, you know, people that don't have to deal with that. It's like, you're thinking about it. And, but that's only if you're like an evolved person and you're not, you know, just thinking whatever. Right. So we were talking about last time, um, like in my household, we do try to promote, you know, black love, right? Because the, mm-hmm. the heaviness that you're saying that you have to deal with outside, you know, in his family, um, when y'all feel differently about certain things that are happening in the news and stuff, but that's not something that I want my kids to have to go through in general, because I feel like relationships are hard in general, right? It, in general, period, without that. Right. So it's for two Black people, we even had completely different upbringings. And so merging that and then trying to have kids, that was a whole thing that we have to move past. And those are things that we still have to work on to this day. So those are things I don't want to add into um, race when it comes to my kids um, looking for partners. And I also feel like I don't want to have to worry about them when they, you know, when they're finding people to be with. I don't want to have to worry like, if they're at this family function, are they okay? Are they feeling attacked? Are they are they going through these extra things that they shouldn't have to, if or they wouldn't have to more so if they were with a black person? And then also with, um, I want to make sure that they're they're well enough in their in their um, idea of who they are as black people that they don't find the white people who fetishize them. And, um, and that's that's yeah I see why you guys have been talking about this for days because that's kind of like a hard thing to to even debate because you know can you protect your kids from that you hear about like you know like white people whose parents told them not to date you know black people and that's exactly what they went out looking for it's 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 tough like you know to say I want to protect you from that kind of pain because like I said, you know, if I knew what I know now, I think that I would have protected myself also from that pain. Um, but there's also growth in that, right? Like, um, I would know, uh, I have a teaching certificate, so uh, I'm not teaching now because I just had a baby. Um, but uh, when I teach race, I think that I'll teach it from a place of de- of depth that I didn't have before. Uh, like if I didn't experience this relationship, mm-hmm. um, and also a place of sensitivity because I'm not gonna come at it from this like complete, completely militant um, black perspective. But I'm also not gonna come at it from a place of like some crazy ass like Candace Owens character where I just don't see the shit and you know where I'm just on the wrong team and can't even tell um and can't even tell and I think that I'll be coming at it from like a more informed place and uh I'll be teaching English and you know when you're teaching English you just read all these different subjects and a lot of it is like drenched in race um I think that you are right to want to protect your children from that because who wants to go to a family function where, you know, they're not welcomed at the table. 
Um, and also as a parent, it's like, you know, if you feel like, you know, you want to tell your children, if you feel like you're not invited somewhere, don't be in that room because, you know, like you're welcomed here. Like, you know, don't ever go somewhere where you're not welcomed. Um, but honestly, like the naivete with which my parents raised me about race, especially since we were living in America, I feel like I needed those lessons. So it really depends on how you look at it, especially being someone who wants to, you know, uh, teach older kids. I think that I needed those lessons. And I remember, uh, uh, I'm, if they're calling you Betty, you're probably <laughs> familiar with uh, uh, Fanon. He's like my favorite, uh, like uh, race theory writer. His name is Fran France Fanon. It's like it ends with a Z, but he's um he talks about uh, interracial dating a lot in his writing, and um his whole stance is. Uh, what you just said about like uh, how we're fetishized by like the other race, but how that also goes both ways mm -hmm. and how we were taught, you know, to, I guess, love lighter skin than darker skin and how some black people internalize that. Um, and even when we were getting out of slavery, they would internalize that when they had a white woman, they would feel like I got me a white girl, like, you know, yeah. and he talks, he talks a lot about why that was like such a thing to like, you know, like show off, like, you know, show off with like why a black man would feel like he was superior if he was able to attract, you know, a white woman. And he talks yeah. about that. A white girl would dap you up and shit. Like, hey, man, yeah, and, girl, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he talks about that. And uh, he's from Martinique, which is like a, it's an island, um, like a, uh, I want to say it's like close to the Bahamas. But anyway, they speak French there too. And he moved to France, and he was like, when he moved to France, and he would come back to the island, all the island girls finally wanted him because he was suddenly Europeanized. You know, he had fresher clothes. It was like, they, you know, they didn't want him before, but now that he had gone to France, they wanted him. And when he was in France, the, the white women there would look at him like, oh, you're this exotic thing from, you know, from an island. And that's why he started writing because all this stuff was at play inside of him. And he just was like coming back to double consciousness. Like, why am I suffering from this? Like this, this doubleness, right? And, um, and I don't know, but his writing is really interesting for like what we're talking about right now. And I always like pull from him because I'm like, it's, it's, it's the doubleness that you feel that makes you want to talk about these things. Um, and people that are in interracial marriages are suffering from this doubleness more than other black people, I feel like, even though we're all suffering from it. So that's what I was saying. I don't, I don't want, you know, I'm not opposed to it, right? I'd rather get over, they, they brought home a white woman or a white man and not have my kid like not talk to me. I'd rather get over it as opposed, but, I, but I, what I don't want is, you know, I don't want them attracting the kind of white people that go for them because they're black. Like, oh, um, that I've met white women who literally will say, well, I'm only attracted to black men. Oh, I love black men. Oh, this is strong. Oh, this, oh, this, that, and that. And I'm like, you don't realize that you're putting 
you're basically making them a fetish. Like, I don't want you to seek them out because they're black. I want it to have just happened, like you said, with you and your husband. Like, that's fine. If that just happens, okay, but I don't want my kids to be looked at as, like, this thing to obtain. Do you think it would hurt? I don't know how old your kids are. You look really young, so I assume they're, like, not teenagers yet. They're not dating yet. Okay. Um, do you think that you would feel hurt if they brought someone home of a, another race? Like, cause you're saying you would rather not they do that, but you wouldn't be hurt or anything. You would just be like, I warned you about this. If they did find a, like a white partner? Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be hurt. I just kind of, I, I prefer that they're with a black person. So they like, they're understanding, you know, they're not, they don't, I don't want them to feel like they have to explain the black experience to this person. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I think that when you're talking to someone who's married to a white person, like you would assume they would just like be defensive and try to defend themselves. Um, I actually, I, I agree with you. Um, I wouldn't want somebody to feel like they have to explain themselves either because, you know, though I haven't been in a relationship with a Black person, like, as meaningful as this one, there's something about being with the Black person that I think is unmatched. Like, you want somebody to understand your struggle. Like, you should never have to explain to somebody, like, I feel uncomfortable here. Like, we got to go. Um so I agree with you. Like, that's just, you know, that's your preference um, for your children. You want to protect them at all costs. Like as mom, you want to protect your kids and you want them to have the full experience of life. Or, you know, if they're in a part partnership, you want them to have a full experience. Um, yeah, like I said, for me, it was very different because I learned so much about race after I was already in this relationship. So I had to like, work those things out in myself. And I had to go through the suffering that you're trying to keep your kids away from because not his entire family, I would say was completely open to me when we first started dating. I've been around for a long time now. So, you know, I'm really close to, um, to his mom and his siblings. Um, but you know, his like extended family, like his uncles and stuff, I would go around sometimes and I would just feel like I didn't like that look. And if you're a black person, you understand what that look is. And um, I wouldn't want my child to have to explain that, but I now have an interracial kid. So these are some things that I have to work, you know, throughout, like, you know, that I'm still, it's going to be a lifelong uh, lesson for me. And, and I'm in the thick of it and I'm learning every day um, what I got myself into. <laughs> So, so with having an interracial kid, because I was talking to Carl last time. Can I talk about what we were talking about last time? Ooh. Okay, so he has an interracial kid himself, and that kid lives with his white mom. So I was asking him, like, does he trust that she's having conversations with her black son about, you know, being black? Because he spends most of, most of his time with the mom. Um, so Carl, unfortunately, isn't there to have those conversations for the most part. So I'm asking, like, with you having an interracial kid, like, do you, you, I'm going to assume you trust your husband, obviously. So you trust him to, like, do you think you're going to have these conversations together, like, about what it means to also be Black, or do you think you'll take on that by yourself? 
think I'll do a little bit of both. I think there's the way that I can explain my, uh, like my experience as a black person, a little better than, uh, than my husband could, you know, could, could ever, uh, to my child. And, uh, and I think that's the beauty of it too. Like, um, for him to have both, because I never, like, even though I agree with what you're saying about like not wanting that for your kid, I could never see myself saying to my kid, like, I'd rather you just date within your race. Um, my first choice would be to have married a black man just because, you know, I know it'd be easier. It just, there's just a level of understanding there, but that's just one facet of it. A relationship is, you know, it, it, it's very layered that's just one layer of it. It's like, you might understand that, but you might not get other things. Uh, I grew up very open-minded about race. Um, not completely open-minded where I would just go date an Asian person or anything like that, but um, very, have a lot of white friends. Um, and just as I have black friends and I just, I don't know, I just feel like I'm too evolved as a person to, to say to someone like, you should just date within your race, even though I know it's easier mm -hmm. um, because I don't want it to be easy for you. I think that, like I said, there's growth in something being hard and, and complicated. And I'd, I'd rather explain my experience to my kid and have his dad tell him, you know, whatever he needs to tell him about race. And then for him to come to his own conclusion, like, you know, and I think that uh, how well we get along will be enough testament um, for the child. Um, but like I said, I wouldn't choose. I wouldn't choose this for uh, for other people because I, I think that what I can handle, uh, not everybody could. And there was a lot of suffering in the beginning, especially for me because I. Um, it was just. It was just really hard for me to to go around his family. I remember in the beginning, like I haven't experienced that in a long time, but I remember being really hurt by that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I understand why you wouldn't want that for your kid. Yeah, and then another thing that Carl said, who's not talking for some reason, not one of y'all talking that much, but well, no, I'm like, I'm, he said that you I got know, some he's apparently a person that keeps a lot of stuff to himself anyway. But he said that with his white partner, if he feels like he had a rough day of like a black man in the world, he doesn't get to come home and say that to her, like talk to her about that. And I said, so like, who would you talk to about it? He said he would probably call up a black woman, either he's related to her or he's a friend or something. And I'm trying, I was trying to say that it up. was, yeah, or bottle it up. And I was trying to say that it was rude to basically, you know, dump your emotions on being a black man on the black woman and then reward the white woman with your relationship. Double yes on that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like we get the suffering and she gets the pleasure. You know, it's just, yeah. We've, and we've heard that narrative like way too many times because that's really what it is, it's, you know? Just um, educated human being. So that's <laughs> What's up, Dale? Hey, I don't see you. You don't see me? Oh, there you go. <laughs> when did you tune in? Just now, literally. Okay. 
<laughs> I ain't even done work yet. I ain't even left work yet. Yes. So how do you feel about that? Like, do you think, well, obviously you said double yes on that, but like, do you have people like that? Do you know people like that? Um, do you have other friends that are in interracial, interracial relationships or just you? Yes. Um, a lot of people that are in interracial relationships, they're not intellects. So I don't even think they think about the shit that deep, like, like how we're analyzing it right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're either at the stage where they're like fetishizing the, the other person, it's cool to them, or it was a situational thing and they just happen to get together and they're not even like thinking about it, mm-hmm. um, like on that level. Now the small percentage of people. School for this shit. So, if she's in an interracial marriage, and yeah, yeah, she shut down. Mute your mic. I wasn't talking to y'all. That's why I wasn't talking to y'all. Yeah, go ahead, That's why you man. Mute it. But also, since you're here now, clearly you brought her on here because you thought she was going to disagree with everything that comes in my mouth, and she has not one time said anything that I disagree with. No, because 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 I'm living through it. And I think that I'm not going to, a lot of people discredit how hard it is. They don't tell you that. Like, they don't tell you the real, like they, people that are in interracial relationships, they just kind of are the people that I've talked to. Like, it's just, there's defensiveness there. There's, I'm always attacked for this. You're ignorant. You're still thinking black and white and you're separating stuff. Yeah, we should all be equal yeah. and we should all be together. We should all be integrated yeah. at this point. Um, I think that ignores a lot of, of the reality of it. Like that. it's hard. It does. And I think that when I was saying everything that I was saying, I'm not discrediting interracial relationships. I just feel like I'm very proud to be in my book. Say what? Girlfriend that you with right now, she black or she's Spanish? She's black. And Rhonda is black. Do you know what it is that you said she had a question for me? Do you know what it was? Uh, uh, it, when we when we spoke, it was about uh, the difficulties of being like raising a black daughter, like the disagreements and stuff, like something like that. Who, Rhonda? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Carl talked to her about it. I didn't talk to her about it. It was something like that. She just wanted. She just wanted to get. She just wanted to get your take on it. I probably messed the question up, but it was something along along that lines. Um. What's my take on black girls being raised by who? It was just her. She wanted to know Betty's take on like uh basically like she feels like a a lot of black black daughters beef with their mothers, and she was just trying to get like just Betty's take on it. <laughs> so quickly <laughs> my mother and I are, we're, we're more cool now than an adult um, <laughs> her own nah, but you know I'm, I don't want to cut Betty off but I'm going to keep it real I think I think as as black women we raise our kids to be so strong and so strong minded a lot of times what happens is that the kid gets the same ways as the black mom so when the black mom is challenged by the daughter they don't like it you feel what i'm saying so when you challenge your mother it, it becomes an issue well they be beefing boy um my daughter has my attitude bottled into a keep going keep going, keep going. Oh, my daughter has my attitude 
She's screen moving and shit. My screen? Attitudes and she can talk. So I don't know. It's different because I'm not my parents. How did you guys? I missed how you guys started talking about Betty's mom. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Dell? Apparently, um, Rhonda had a question for me that she relayed to Paul, and I guess it was something about like how I feel about race, like the difficulties of being a black woman raising a black daughter. Yeah, something like that, something along that line. Talking about how Rose was talking about how you know black people raise our kids up so strong and stuff, and it's an issue when the kids are acting like you. Um, so I was like, if you, I'm not my parents. When I was growing up, yes, you got smacked outside your head. You said something ain't like um, if you if you do any type of thing, anything that was standing up for yourself was seen as talking back, you smart mouth and whatever. I I know there are there are tendencies there when I'm like, all right, all right, slow your roll a little bit. But for the most part, they say what they need to say. Um, if they feel like, okay, well, mom, I didn't, I didn't like how you said that. Well, you compared me to one of my siblings. I didn't like that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I apologize to my kids. I let them, I basically let them get their shit off, honestly. Unless it's, unless it's too disrespectful, you know, then I still have to teach. You do have to be respectful. But other than that, they, they, I need them to be able to stand up for themselves in the world. And that starts with us. And and how old are your kids? Just as much like the age range we're around. Because, you know, 16-year-olds act way different than 9 to 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. 1,000%. Mom say, I got a 15-year-old. Yeah. And my 13-year-old smelling itself already, you feel me? So I already, I, like... Oh, Zion smelling herself? Man, I tell you what your nephew is doing right now, boy. You too, down. You know about what you're doing? Hey, I told him. When I, it's, I'm going to put him on his ass when I see him. <laughs> you know about what you're <laughs> I think he'll probably put you on your ass when you see him. Oh. <laughs> That's how big he is. Let him know, Dale. That, I don't you know, know what you're doing, Dale. What? He's touching himself and got caught. Oh, my God. Oh. Get the fuck out of there, man. That happens, man. He's a grown boy. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he's starting to feel himself. Oh, I, I mean, I you talking is about. he not supposed to explore himself? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Self, uh, what do they say? Self, self care is best care. <laughs> it's better than bringing home babies. <laughs> that. That's true. That's true. And, and you know, another thing that black people do, black people continuously make it seem like it's the girls that's coming home with these babies, but like, mm. who knocked her up? That's what I'm worried about. I have majority <laughs> boys. I could have said no. I have three boys and one girl, and I would, I am more worried about them. Like, okay, but what are you not? you don't have to bring that little girl home, right? So people think, oh, that just knocks it off. That one time he was pregnant, that's it, right? That's it for them 10 months. <laughs> Whereas for 10 months, he can knock up a rack of people. And I don't, I don't have time for it. We, we got to put responsibility on the boys too, on how we're raising the boys and not just the girls. Absolutely. If y'all say no, we're not going to do nothing. No mean no. I didn't say anything about consent. I'm but saying I watch, watch themselves the same way we treat girls. Like, oh, watch yourself. Don't do this. But you know, it, it's a two-way street with that. You know that, right? It's a double standard when it comes to boys and girls when, they, when you're being raised up. It's, 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 it's frowned upon if your daughter out here doing things. But if your son out here doing things and he out here doing his thing, it's like a pat on the back. It's like a right. I was like watching something about that. And it's because, like, the way homie explained it, it's because basically dick has no value. 
the vagina has all the value. Wow. What do you mean dick ain't got no value, bro? Hey, man, hey man mute yourself. Hold on, follow what he's saying, because uh, I, I, I know where he's sorry. going with that. Guys, we're the ones who need to be wined and dined. Like you almost, you have to pay for pussy in like a. It's some form of fashion. No, it's, it's like kids. that comedian says. You know, we walk out the door and it's offered to us. You know, and it's always the guy that has to work for the girl. So, yeah, I agree with you. Life. It has no value. You won't want to die me, hey, man. You can take me to uh, go to Corral, man. Because I mean, I mean. You, if you think about it, like with a female, it's dudes just jumping in their DMs or whatever. Whoop the whoop. You know what I'm saying? Whereas to us, it's not really, it's not really like that. So you know what I'm saying? We throwing that out for free. They get charges. <laughs> women, women, uh, women not taught to train. Throwing it for free, man. A woman was never taught to woman. A woman is never taught to chase a man. It's, it's messy. Yeah, but I'm just, but I'm saying though, we throwing it out there for free. Where, like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you think so. I'm not throwing shit for free, man. You throwing it for free. Big man, blue shirt. I wore the blue shirt for solidarity, man. All right. So, um, my husband was saying when we got when we got cut off, he was saying like, "Do do you think um, interracial kids or Project, you don't know if you black or if you white?" Are you talking about Stacy? No, Stacy. What are you talking about? I didn't say nothing about Stacy, man. I know that's your op, so you know what I'm saying. You said you be around a lot of. <laughs> hey man, look, neither here nor there, man. My op, no my op. <laughs> <laughs> But I like that. Um, he said, right, wrong, and different. I'm still the same person, and I don't mess with Shorty. <laughs> yeah. I look, but this is the thing that I wanted to um, ask, or not ask, or just see how you felt about it. Like, so one of my masks, um, his name's Nico. And so he said something that, that was inflammatory in the little game chat, right? So his, his mother is white, his father black. So he was like, yeah, man, to get jobs. I check white. And I said, what? How you check white? He said, man, look, I'm light skinned. They don't know what the fuck I am. I check white to get a job. He's not white passing, by the way. Not at all. But he do it. And that's he told we can not? identify what we want to identify is not the way this world is set up now. Identify. It really isn't though. I read um, I read this book by Nella Larson called Passing, and it's a true story about how um like around like the 1850s, the light-skinned, like uh, I guess like people that were victims of rape uh, by like white men would literally go around and live their life. They have like, I think there's a movie like that where they go around and they live their life as a white person. Oh, no. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, down the earth. I've seen stories of it, like dark-skinned people live trying to live their life as a white person, like especially like, I've seen stories of that. Yeah, like where they were light-skinned enough where they would go into circles and people would think that they were white. And there was this lady, she was really black, but like she lost touch with her entire family and then married a white man. And basically he was convinced that she was white because she was so, you know, fair. Tyrone Biggum's ass. 
yes but it was like the whole time she was living her life with him as a white woman she was like missing her black side like her soul she was missing that like that soul connection right Right. and then in the book she talks about how um uh when she got older and um she would see all these white women because she was friends with white women because she was you know passing as white so her white friends would literally be like do you did you go to the juke the other night like uh or we want to go as a group you know like we should go basically they wanted to go to white settings like you know during the harlem renaissance and stuff a lot of white passing people would go in those circles because the music was better like right they just wanted to be a the part of that world like yeah yeah it was like it's lit over there like i want to go over there and um and she talks about that in that book and um there's this uh, passage in the book where she talks about why she misses that world so much and i think like as a black person it's like you gotta be around other black people. Like it, it doesn't matter if you're hanging around all white people for a whole week. It's like you feel yourself when you're around your people. Um, so I think that that's probably how mixed kids feel. Like if you if you're a mixed kid who's been exposed to your black side of the family, right. I think that once that's you gravitate you, you're in touch with that, like you'll fiend that for the rest of your life. I think the kids that are light-skinned that don't associate with their black side, um, they're the ones who are like, well, I don't know, you know, what to associate myself with. Like, I don't know. You know what else has to play a part in it? But a lot of mixed kids I know say, like, I'm black. Like, that- You know why that is, though? rule or whatever rule that is, that shit applies. You're black. But you know what it is, though? It's the the environment that we grew up in. You grew up in PG. You grew up in Bowie. So, like, like the kids they used to live across the street from from Rhonda, like, they identified as black. What section did Rhonda live in in Bowie? Uh, What's that? What's that? What's your neighborhood called? Uh, That's not, what's that over there? um, It's like Hillmead. Hillmead. So is that the H section or something? <laughs> I stayed out the N section. Oh, you know all the letters and shit? Like, no, yeah. I don't I don't know the letters. <laughs> I went to high school there, but I don't know the letters of the neighborhoods. But um, yeah, those kids that identified as black because their mom kept dating black men and they were friends yeah, with black people at school. Yeah, so like out here it's a difference. Like out here, it's more so they have white upbringing. Uh, so like the whiter gene is closer. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. they got grandparents that don't fuck with them because they mix. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they grow up, especially if they grow up in a household that's broken where there is no black father and it's just a white mother. All they know is the white ways. Mm-hmm. There's not a heavy black culture here. It's no, like it's I not. went to City Park like three weeks ago and there was a go-go band at one of the things and it was like I got out of my car and stood out of my car and just I was like there's a go-go band here at City Park and um I just I wasn't invited to the cookout but I sat outside of my car and enjoyed the whole thing (laughs) you see what I'm saying but that and that's the culture that you grew up in you see what I'm saying we grew up in the city you see what I'm saying so we have a different outlook on it than they do out here out here they do gravitate towards the white side and it's weird to me I never understood it because the white side really don't fuck with you. You really are black. Like regardless of you being mixed, black is the dominant gene. So you 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 should definitely gravitate towards your black culture. Absolutely. 
I think the whole world gravitates um, towards black culture. I had a friend who used to break dance and whenever she would take me to the competitions, it was like all Asian kids break dancing. And I break remember dancing, that used yeah. to be so shocking to me and they would break dance better than the black kids. And I was like, why are Asians so obsessed with their culture? But it's not just here. It's like, um, it's everywhere, it's Europe. There's a heavy, like, you know, French rap scene. Um, like our culture is, it's just, it's catchy. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it gravitates to everyone. It, every, you know what it is? Everyone can relate to it because everybody's lived a struggle. No matter what country, state, city you in, whatever, Providence, <laughs> you can still relate, relate back to it. No, stop saying that because you ended up correlating struggle with blackness. It's two different- With blackness. No, nah, it's not even, not even, I'm saying the struggle, regardless of what your struggle may be. Right. If your struggle is drugs and you listen to Eminem and you, and Eminem is your coping mechanism. That got nothing to do with being black. It's still a struggle. You mean like everybody goes through shit? Yeah, everybody go through shit. Okay. But I mean, you started it made it seem like black equals <laughs> four. Nah, 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 nah. Fuck no. We don't. Got what I've realized is, don't nothing get past Betty. So like, don't even try it. You'll just, you'll just have to backpedal. Like, careful, Dale. <laughs> I'm good, Dale. I'm good. No, because I hate when people correlate the two. Like, it's not. Her husband agreed. <laughs> it's just not the same thing. Like, and I hate. <laughs> Well, the topic that we were just talking, that y'all were talking about, like everybody gravitates to our culture because, like, who said that? Paul Mooney. Everybody wants to be a nigga, yeah. but nobody wants to be a nigga. It's annoying to me, honestly, because it's like, okay, the culture is lit where we at over here, but at the same time, they're not. They're you're either you're different from our culture, and they're not. You know, they're not giving anything. They're not helping in the fight, and that's that part is annoying about how lit our culture is and how everybody trying to stop. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're gonna be down for the cause, be all the way down for the cause. Don't half step it, dog. Straight up. Half step is yeah. That's it's that. It's the half stepping. The one. Yeah. Be like us, you know, in, in our music, taking up spaces that should be for black people, but yeah. you're not doing anything to promote black people. So I got some, I got something. Where we differ, right? Yeah. Um, I I think a white person can be black. Right. Sometimes I think it's a mentality. Like if a if a white person was raised around us our entire lives, and if you talk to him, he sound like me. He trans <laughs> he translate everything I translate. Like riff raff. Yo, I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if my homeboy <laughs> talk in here and talk to y'all. That's white. Like I try to tell y'all, like like what B just said. If you raise and you've been around black culture all your life, and that's all you know, then that's all you really can do. It, but like, he don't try to be black. Like I, I like, like I don't even know how to put it. Like he yeah. don't try to be. We've black. all he just, known. We've all known. He's himself. Basically, he's down for the cause, but he's himself. We've all known. He's definitely himself. He's but he's definitely in touch with his white side. Like he definitely do white boy shit. Like he played a guitar. He listened to rock and roll. He listened to country he music. Dare me. He do that too. He was invented yeah. by black people. You know where? But you know where he ate dare me went first with me with Big Mike. Like he didn't eat like that. Like that's why he eat dare me. It's because of me. Like you see what I'm saying? But like um, he's just who he is. You feel what I'm saying? And he don't pop that nigga shit. He don't pop the n word. He don't. He don't do that 
stereotypical wigger shit. I call them wiggers, the ones that want to be black. Like, you see what I'm saying? Not the ones who grew up in the DMV and got that DMV lingo and talk that way, because that's who he is. I'm talking about the people that really be like, oh, nigga this, nigga that, and oh, come on. <laughs> oh, y'all caught that? Yeah, I thought like I thought it dropped. Yeah, yeah, call it with it, bro. You about to get you a positive. It's it's okay if they just grew up in that area, so they sound like us. They all all they know is black people. That's just, I'm talking about handing out black cards to these white people. Black is, nah, I ain't handing out nobody. Nah, black cards yeah, not black. I can't turn that off. I, I have yeah, to nah. black every day. I wake up. That's what I mean. We're not handing out black cards. You're not black. Fuck no. Black is me, or it's not a competition because you also listen to Gola. Fuck no. Like that you still time right. I did, yeah. <laughs> what you say? We were supposed to be on a time limit for tonight's podcast anyway. Nah, it's eleven thirty, right? I thought the cutoff was eleven thirty. Yeah, but nah, the thing that the like, thing that cut us off last time, that little timer with the little alert. Nine minutes. <laughs> well, I don't feel that. Hey, we end this early. <laughs> but nah, like. The other day, he was telling me, like, you know, you know, when you white and you and you work in a white environment, like, you know, the white people going to test you. He says, yo, they test me all the time. He was like, he was like, usually it's like we like real comfortable, like we eat lunch or something. And they'll be like, you think these are cool? And he's like, yo, chill. He's, and he tells me like, yo, he said some of the closest people that I hold closest to my heart are black. He was like, what you're not going to do is disrespect them in front of me. Like he told me straight up, that's exactly what he, and when he get on this podcast, I'm gonna have him tell you the same shit off cue. Like, I'm like, yo, what do you tell people when they meet you? And he'll tell you that exactly what he say, yo, I, the closest people that I hold dear to me are black, like straight up. Like he don't play that shit. And he and he, he do the same thing behind my back as he do in my face. And I know that for a fact. So what does And that's that my mean? man. Like, does that get him a gold star, a cookie? Nah, I don't get him shit. I'm just telling you like there is white people that's down for the cause. Okay, I'm just making sure that that's that's it. It's not handing out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's it. Like it ain't no. They don't get no golden star. They don't get no none of that. Like that's my man, though. Like I, hey, I'm, man. Gonna I'm gonna hook you for him. How about that? Everybody say what they want a cookie. I'm gonna start saying, yeah, man. I do want a cookie, man. I want oatmeal cookie. It ain't no kudos because he respects black culture. I give him kudos for respecting black culture behind black people back. Cause not a lot of white people do that. Straight up, they don't. They could. It, it is a lot of white people out here faking the funk that. Uh, look at sports. Mm-hmm. Look at sports. Like yeah. all them owners is racist, mo. I don't care who they are. Jerry Jones, Dance Night, they all racist, mo. But they definitely okay. put in. A, but they definitely put in the field. You know, uh, Black Lives Matter and all this other shit across the field for PR stunts. But they racist as shit. For sure. So, for example, I have a friend that I went to high school with. We was real close. Even after high school, you know, we was at each other's baby showers and stuff. Even when I moved here, I still went down. I still went back to Merlin and everything for hers. And she's white. And I thought we was real cool for, we was even, she, when we went to my high school reunion and everything, it, it's all love. It's always been love. But, yeah. And when everything went down with the protests and everything, she was posting about it and everything. I, I felt like, you know, she was here for us, right? Oh, a couple months ago, um, I log into Facebook or Instagram or something and she got a head full of braids. Mm. 
And I was out here. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, wow. Good uh, evening. I'm here. I'm late, but I'm here. But whatever. Um. So, yeah, I thought she was here for the calls. And like I said, I get on one day and she got a head full of braids. And I felt that it was very disrespectful. I feel like it's really hard for me to feel like you was here for us and all of that. And then you want to come on here a few months later and like basically make a mockery of us or say that. Or, or do something that you feel like puts you on the same, like, wavelength as us. Like, don't, the braids, I feel like, is disrespectful. Like, if you're white, just be white. There's no need to put your braids on. There's no need to be walking around talking about the bigger the hoops, the bigger the hoe. I'm tired of it. Now it's the bigger the lashes, the bigger the hoe. <laughs> That's the new one now. <coughs> you just low-key. Do, do you feel okay with black, with white people getting locks? No. How do y'all feel about that? Either. Huh? I don't care. I mean, me personally, I, I don't. It's not my It's not my hair, so I don't give a fuck. I don't really have a a say so one way or another. I just want to know somebody else's opinion on it. And I think that's problematic, both of y'all, because for real, for real, if if nobody, if anybody needs to be fighting for us, it's black men. So don't hear me say that it's bothersome and white people mock us by putting our hairstyles in their head, and then y'all go, "Oh, it's not a big deal." I think it's different for. I think it's. I think locks is different than braids, though. Like braids is like a a true black culture. I mean, not saying locks ain't. So locks ain't. But, oh, never mind. I'm not saying, I'm not saying locks. I'm not saying I jumped, locks. I jumped in that one. No, nah, no, nah, you good. No, I'm not saying that locks isn't. But what I'm saying is, it's like, I don't know. Like, do what you want with your hair. But like, some braids, like, show you went out of your way to go buy hair. <laughs> ask the sister how to buy the hair. Then found a stylist that actually can do your fucking little thin ass hair to put these braids into. You went, you did too much. Yeah. <laughs> a white boy could take out but, but, but now it's all of that but you like, I mean right, this wasn't the same energy last time what you mean oh. oh oh sorry oh we got the big boss on the line what up Slim? I'm here hello good evening <laughs> we know we only got 20 minutes so get your rounds in go ahead I'm gonna let you see okay. your oh. in the building where was all that energy last time though because you said you didn't care it don't matter because then we got into the conversation of if if Carl Girl came with the braids or whatever, what would he do? You didn't have this whole say so last time. What I say last time about that? Because I don't remember. You Truth said you didn't care. If his girl wore braids, I don't care. Not if his girl, but if white people, if white people did it. I don't. I do care about like no. I should just burn myself. I'm talking about like uh like locks. I don't care, but like some braids. Like you had to go out of your way to get that. Like you they, realize they gotta go out of their way for their hair to lock. The hair is not coily; it's straight, and then also it's oily, so it's not gonna stay like that. Uh, I know some white boys. I mean, you always know somebody, but besides I mean, that, I've seen it. All you gotta do is go to Cali; they everywhere. Okay, but so, but he had to go out his way for it to stay like that. That's what I'm saying. Just like you said, they had to go out their yeah, way to buy the hair. Let me see somebody do hair. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how do you feel if like, <coughs> you said you about white women that? braids? Oh, I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> I was saying, how do you feel about like white women in cornrows and, and you know, individuals, box braids and all that? Um, I think that was directed towards me. I didn't hear it at the beginning because it's cutting in and out. Um, uh, <laughs> how do you feel about? That's uh, a tough one. It's almost like, 
yeah, you can't pick and choose what you're okay with. Like, I don't know. Every time that comes up, like that's a that's a tough one for me because there are so many issues with that with um with race period that like um talking about hair to me is like futile like it's such a small issue and the pool of issues that we have with the other race that I'm like do whatever you want with your hair but like because um there's a flattery to it but at the same time I get what you're saying like be yourself don't try to you know piggyback off of like my style even though I understand that it's like there's like other issues with the way that like we're treated uh, that are deeper to me than hair. And so like, that's just one of the battles that I just decide not to, I don't really care about that. Yeah. That's why no, Marty, what you're saying. For me because I feel like I've seen posts where a white woman has like box braids and long nails and a ring on everything. It looks weird. And it, it, it looks weird. Does it look weird? But they be posting captions like, um, Slayed. Oh shit! Like, <laughs> like the whole reason why you're doing it is because a black woman did it. The black culture. Black and then culture when a black woman do it, it's not accepted and it's unprofessional. Right. That's the well, part that get me. I don't like the fact that they they hate on it when we do it, but they turn around and do it and it's praised and it's named something else. Some right. girl posted a picture like that on Facebook and um. One of my friends commented under it. Uh, I can't see y'all no more. I hope you could still hear me. But yeah, um, yeah. one of my friends commented on it. Why did you get this hairstyle? And I guess she didn't like her reply. And she replied, why don't you just say you saw it on a black girl and it looked fly and you wanted to, you wanted to be fly like she was. Why don't you just say that? And she, um, sure. that was like her issue. She was like, I just want you to say, and it was like public, like on Facebook, like I'm reading the thread. She was like, if you, it, why don't you just say you saw it on a black girl and it was fly. Mm -hmm. And the, the girl replied, I saw it on a black girl and it looked fly. And she just like succumbed to the argument. And I, I was like, <laughs> wow. So like, I don't know. I've, I see debates like that all the time. That's not one thing that gets a reaction out of me. Like, because I just think like it, we just have so much yeah there's just so so much what about the white boy about the that, like with the i'm gonna leave the, the hair to the side <laughs> what did you say what about the white boy who well we have got it well you know what i'm saying this is the end of episode 14 we appreciate all the guests that came through it was very this episode was like very knowledgeable or whatever yeah you know what uh, I would like to thank everybody for bearing with us through all the little technical difficulties and everything like that. Hey, man, go ahead, man. My <laughs> friends, goodbye. <laughs> this your boy Hirsch, aka Flano Richie, aka Lamborghini Moss, aka King Super Oak. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Signing off. You know what I'm saying. I'm going to sign off for my brother to Ruby Rail. Bang, bang. You already know, be in the building and I'll be out of the building. You know what I'm saying? Together, we form Metro Boys. We'll be back next Wednesday. You, you, you get the cool ass Sunday pod. You know, we just talk that shit. But then yeah. next Wednesday, you know, it's back to the real talk. Me, me and Carl can real, really actually talk and shit, man. We just be saying, mm -hmm. right? Man, man, man. I don't know, Wednesday. We have, we be having full, we be having like at the end of the day, we had like full pods. <laughs>
I be trying to get the I be trying to get my jokes off, man. I be real serious. Hey. But you know what I'm saying? Y'all still with it on that. All right, bet. Y'all stay tuned. And yeah, we out. Oh yeah. Any questions, you know what I mean, comments or whatever, send it to MetroboysDMV at gmail.com. You know what I'm saying? Say big brother, brain on guns. I wanna smoke. We get the spinning while the sun. I, I ain't never lacking. I punk gas with my gun. I scream out what's happening to get the bus until it run. I, all these niggas hiding like what they got. It ain't no fun. I, seven, six, two, big as hell. Knock a nigga lungs. I, one, two, three, four. Kick your throat, get on the floor. Five, six, seven, eight. Don't make no noise. I eat so fake. Nine, ten, eleven. We ain't gon' say that. Then we won't fuck with Jake. I'ma kill 14 niggas if 13 bitch niggas. Play. I think my drink hole might be gay. Why? Cause he blow niggas. I just got a brand new lolly. There's a four nigga. Call me an auto, yes, man. Pause. I don't